0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. My name is Scott Jennison, the Acquisitions Manager here at Streamline Property Buyers. Um, today, we've got a really um, an interesting conversation. We've had a look back and there's been some research done um, in-house to come up with the top 10 growth suburbs of the last 10 years in Brisbane.
0: Yes, welcome back, everybody. Melinda Jennison my name, Managing Director here at Streamline Property Buyers. And for those that are regular listeners on this podcast, you will know that I love data, and thanks very much to Pauline, who works with us over in the Philippines. She has collated the very latest CoreLogic data for us, which includes the historical growth data over the last 10 years for every single suburb across Brisbane. And we're excited today to share with you those suburbs that have hit the top 10 in terms of 10 year growth. Now, before we actually go through these suburbs, I'm going to put a disclaimer out. When we are looking at suburb level median value changes, there can be some Uh, compositional bias within that data. However, generally over a long period of time that does iron out. So whilst we are talking about the top 10, we're not talking about a 12 year shift in property prices. We're talking about a 10 year shift in property prices. So these are the locations that have outperformed every other suburb across Brisbane in the last 10 years. And of course, Scott, we don't invest in property for one or two years. We invest for the long term, so it becomes much more relevant over a longer period of time.
1: Yeah, spot on. Ten years. Ten years is obviously a good area to look. At. I mean, as we as we said, you don't invest short term. Um, you invest long term. Um, again, just to confirm, houses um, is what we're, we're looking at here, and we'll go from we'll go from the bottom and jump straight into it with um, with our top ten suburbs for that that growth over the 10 years.
0: Before we do, I just wanted to interrupt. And I will say that once we've been through the top 10 list here in Brisbane, we're going to also dissect what these suburbs all have in common. So if you're looking for long-term investment outcomes relating to higher capital growth, we're going to give some gold nuggets in terms of what these suburbs all have in common. And it's typically the same selection criteria that we would use here at Streamline Property Buyers when we're providing investment advice to property investors who are looking for a high capital growth strategy. So we're not going to give away all our secrets, but we're certainly going to share some of those insights with our viewers today or our listeners today.
1: Cool. So let's let's jump into it. So number 10, um, a suburb called Benyo. Um is on the northeast of Brisbane. Um, out at Benyo Way, there's also the AC University in the area. Um, so yeah, number 10, Benyo.
0: Benyo is also a suburb serviced by a train line with direct access into the CBD. It's in very close proximity to the Brisbane Airport precinct. And there's obviously a lot of Uh, employment opportunities in and around that region. And in fact, the Brisbane Airport precinct is the second highest employer or employment centre here in Brisbane outside of the CBD. So very good employment prospects. I will say with Banyo coming in at number 10, um, it is the only suburb in our top 10 list that currently has a median value that is less than uh, $1.1 million. So right now in Banyo, the current median value for a house is $891,000. So as I said, it's the only suburb that is in that top 10 that's under that $1.1 million price point. So still an affordable uh, price point, more in line, just over actually the median value for all of greater Brisbane for houses at the moment.
1: And we've seen a 10-year growth in Banyo of 110.40%. Um, rent in the area, Uh, Looking around $600 a rent and yields around 3.93%.
0: That's right. Now, getting into some more granular information about Banyo, uh, current current vacancy rate in Banyo for property investors looking to get into this area is sitting at one percent. So that's in line with the Brisbane average as a whole. Now, one thing we've noticed about all of these suburbs, and this is the first tip that we're we're unfolding today, is that. Uh, Banyo, along with all other suburbs, has a high portion of owner occupiers. 69.1% of the demographic in this location are owner occupiers. So they are the emotional buyers that are not buying with a calculator. Now, we've also dug around to extract the repayments um, as a portion of total household income before tax to determine how affordable these locations are. Now, this is based on the data that we've extracted from SQM research, which is based on the 2021 ABS data. So we do acknowledge that this is lagging, given that we are in a higher interest rate environment. However, it's all relative. So um, what I will say is that Banyo, along with all other suburbs that we are looking at, is still a very affordable location uh, with 21.08% of households Um, oh, sorry, of of repayments uh, required to uh, hold, oh, sorry, let me start that again. 21.08% of household income is required to service a loan in these locations or in this location of Banyo. So that's much lower than the Queensland state average. So a very affordable location based on the incomes that people are earning and the cost to hold a mortgage in this particular uh, suburb. Another thing that these suburbs all have in mind, uh, in common, sorry, is that they're not suburbs that have a high level of population growth. So in Banyo, for example, the population growth on an annual basis as at 2021 was sitting at 2.15%. That is not strong population growth at all. And that is a reflection of the fact that they're not building more new stock in this location. It is a landlocked location where there is no land left for redevelopment. And this is something else that's in common with all of our top 10 lists today.
1: Yeah, very good. Very good points there. And they're, they're sort of things people should understand, um, you know, how much of your income it takes to actually pay that property off and hold it. Um, and also the, um, the population change as well. Um, Number nine, if we jump out to Wishart.
0: Wishart is on the south side of Brisbane, very close to Mount Gravatt and Mansfield as uh, locations that people might be more familiar with. Uh, Wishart has had a 10-year median value change of 110.6%, so only slightly ahead of Banyo in terms of its growth performance at a median level. Um, and it is one of those suburbs that is above that $1.1 million median. So currently the median value in Banyo, uh, sorry, in Wishart is sitting at $1,180,000.
1: And vacancy rates in Wishart, 0.8%, and the owner-occupier side of things, 62.58%. Um,
0: yeah, that's right. So again, it's a suburb that is dominated by owner-occupiers. They are those emotional buyers. Um, And the proportion of household income um, that is required before tax to repay a mortgage in Wishart is 23.85%. And just as a baseline um, comparison, anything that is in excess of 30% is considered unaffordable. So these locations... Um, as at the time that this data was collected, were very affordable locations based on the demographic who lives or live in these these suburbs. Remember affordability is a reflection of the incomes that people earn um, and the, the household cost for, for that, that relativity, I guess you could say. Uh, so not all locations are going to feel a pinch. Um, of rising interest rates in the same way. And this is something we've often talked about on this podcast. And,
1: and you'll notice that population change in all of these properties we're going to, going to go through. And if I look, look ahead, um, it, it's very, very low. So Wishart sitting at 1.50%.
0: That's right. And if, again, I'm to provide a comparison, uh, anyone that knows Brisbane or perhaps you've um, looked at investing in some of the corridors where there's lots of new estates in Brisbane, uh, Pimpama, Uh, has an annual population growth of 6.7, sorry, 9.67% per annum. So that's much, much higher than than 1 to 2%, which um, is more in line with some of these high growth locations. And we've even got South Ripley uh, being a suburb in the Ipswich region, um, having an annual growth rate um, for population uh, just under 5% at 4.58%. So these are areas where you've got a lot of new estates, and you're seeing a lot of new housing developments built. And of course, we're going to see a higher level of population growth in these areas, but these are not the areas that have hit our top 10 list in terms of capital growth. So when a lot of people talk about growth corridors, it's so important that you get an understanding of what type of growth those people might be referencing because population growth is not an indicator in isolation of capital growth. And that's what I think we're trying to explain in the numbers today.
1: Yeah, And if you go through the rest of these properties, we're going to um, there's no new um, estates opening up in these in these areas either.
0: And just before we move on, Wishart also completely landlocked location, so no land left for redevelopment um, and largely a low-density uh, area. So no high-density in Wishart, so it's a, an area that does attract a lot of families, um, and so that's the sort of demographic who live there.
1: Yeah, pretty similar to um, Benyo. Um, not very many units and townhouses in that area either. Um, if we go to number eight, Wavell Heights, just on the north. Again, um, as we just just finished talking about units and townhouses, there's not a lot of units and townhouses in the in Wavell Heights, um, and it's seen a ten year growth of 111.8.
0: That's right. So Wavell Heights is in fact the first suburb to the north of the Brisbane CBD, um, just to the north of the Kedron Brook, where the dominant Property zoning is low-density residential, so you don't get as many character Queenslander homes in Wavell Heights. So we've seen a huge um, uplift in the number of older homes that are being purchased and knocked down and rebuilt. And this is one of those suburbs that has gentrified a lot um, over that time. And as a result, you know we're seeing that that strong growth come through in the median values because there have been you know a lot of homes that have been built. So um, and people are paying a good amount of money even for those, those older homes that they're, they're knocking down. So it's the land value that really has appreciated over time.
1: And the median house price in Wavell Heights is $1,140,000.
0: And again, this is CoreLogic data up to the end of October this year. So um, it does change month to month, but this is the information that we're sharing um, at the time of recording. Now, current rent in Wavell Heights is sitting at $650 per week at a median level, and that puts the current um, median yield for the suburb at 3.38%. So these are not high-yielding locations. We've often talked on this podcast about the inverse relationship between high growth and high yield. You certainly can't get 5% and 6% yields in these types of suburbs. Um, so the yields are a little bit lower, but uh, the growth obviously is, is the winning um, thing here.
1: And vacancy rates in Waver Heights sitting at 0.5% and not surprising at all being local and knowing the area. Um, owner-occupiers, 72.7%.
0: Yeah, a lot of people live in this location as owner-occupiers. There has been some increasing investment interest over recent years simply because of the growth drivers in the area, the proximity to the airport precinct as well as the health precinct in the Prince Charles region as well, and also just a stone's throw from one of the largest supermarket or department stores or or shopping complexes being Westfield at Chermside on the north side of Brisbane. So Wavell Heights is a location that's got a lot of nearby close amenity. Um, In terms of affordability, uh, 23.34% of household income before tax um, is required to um, repay a a mortgage in this particular location. And again, that's compared to uh, 30% being an affordability um, index level.
1: You won't see me a lot at Chermside coming up, hopefully, because the, the amount of people that go there for Christmas shopping gets a little bit too crowded for me. Um, population change in um, Wavel Heights, 1.48%.
0: Per annum. That's right. So again, um, a location where they're not building any more properties except for a one-into-one replacement. Very, very um, infrequently, you might see one home that's been subdivided and replaced with two. So that very, very gradual increase in population um, is more than likely a result of an increasing household size, as opposed to an increase in the number of properties that are available in that particular location.
1: So number seven, we're gonna jump over on the south side again, not very far from the CBD, um, is Camp Hill.
0: Yes, Camp Hill is a location which is, as its name suggests, um, usually quite elevated. There's some low-lying areas, but um, with elevation, some areas are lucky enough to have some amazing city views in Camp Hill as well. Along some of the main corridors, you will have some zoning that does permit for some townhouse and unit developments, and that's been integrated with the existing uh, low-density living as well as a lot of character homes, which are those typical Queenslander-style homes. And in the last 10 years, median values in Camp Hill have increased 112.5%.
1: The um, median value for Camp Hill sitting at $1,390,000. Rents around about that 700 mark and yields, um, not much change when we go through all of these properties, but yields in Camp Hill sitting at 3.25%.
0: So as with all other suburbs in this top 10 list, Camp Hill sits with a current vacancy rate at 1% in line with the Brisbane average. Uh, We've got 67.08% of the demographic here are owner-occupiers, Uh, We like to buy in areas, even for investors, where there is a dominance of owner-occupiers simply because they do buy with their heart or with emotion and not with a calculator. Um, We don't believe in buying in areas that might have 60 or 70% investors because that's a high-risk location. So Camp Hill, um, with just under 70% owner-occupiers, a very good location, a safe investment hotspot, I guess you could say, um, and affordability. Um, Only 21.9% of household income is required to meet repayments in this particular location, so well below the affordability threshold of 30%.
1: And not surprisingly, um, the population change, only 1.29%, so very, very low. Again, really popular people want to move in there and stay there.
0: Yeah, and it's something that is um, a consideration for all of these suburbs, as we've pointed out previously. Although I will say with the next suburb that sits in our number six spot, there is something that's come through with the data in terms of the population um, growth figures that we're going to get to as well.
1: So we'll jump over to the north side then for number six in Ascot. Um, again, not far from the, just not far from the river, um, pretty close there where uh, Eagle Farm Racecourse is, Doombin Racecourse, um, and very close to Racecourse Road um, down through that area. So Ascot, very, very popular, and we've seen a 10-year growth there at 113%.
0: Yes, yeah, Ascot is one of the most expensive suburbs in Brisbane and the current median value is sitting at $2,410,000. So obviously you've got some very premium high-end properties in a suburb like Ascot. And, you know, to get into this suburb, you're definitely looking to, you know, extend well beyond the median value for Brisbane homes in general. Um, Current rent or median rent in this suburb sitting at $950 per week. And that puts the yield for this suburb at 2.58%. So you don't get many um, income prospects or, you know, the yields are very low in this particular location, but as you can see, it's hit number six in the last 10 years in terms of capital growth at a suburb level here in Brisbane.
1: And vacancy rates for Ascot, seeing it at 0.7%, um, and then owner-occupier percentage there is a 59.3%.
0: And I will say that Ascot does have um, a slightly larger area that is dominated by low to medium density residential zoning. So you do get more units and townhouses through some parts of Ascot. And that also does filter through to Hamilton, which is on the water. Now, the vacancy rate um, information the and the, the demographic information that we're reporting is actually at a postcode level. So what I will say with a suburb like Ascot, because it also picks up Hamilton, um, and we've seen some higher density unit developments occur along the riverside in Hamilton in recent years. So um, I believe that that is why the percentage of owner occupiers as at a postcode level um, representing Ascot is a little lower than some of these other locations, because it is being influenced by that higher density nearby in neighbouring suburb Hamilton. Now, the repayments um, or the percentage of household income required to service a mortgage in Ascot is 23.95%. And the annualized population change in Ascot is 4.2%. Now, you'll notice that that is higher than all of the other suburbs that we have discussed so far. However, as I've just pointed out, because the data that we are relying upon is suburb, is postcode level data, um, Ascot does pick up Hamilton in the same postcode. And Hamilton has had an increase in the high density uh, construction of nearby units and therefore there's been the ability to increase the population uh, because of that vertical uh, construction. So 4.2% per annum um, was the annualized population growth rate in 2021 when the um, the last census was completed and that's obviously a reflection of that nearby high density development. So relying purely on the numbers is not always a great thing, but really reading into that as to why something might be a little bit skewed uh, is really important and that's what we do here when we're analysing these spreadsheets.
1: Yeah, so again, I'll, I'll touch on that, um, obviously that local knowledge, what we talk about all the time, but um, as you're talking about Ascot, there there is a lot of high-end homes, really, really popular area um, for owner-occupiers, but then as Melinda's touched on, because of the postcode side of it, and it's a bit of a crossover with the information here, that is picking up Hamilton. Um, And you will get more units coming up in Hamilton as well, Um, down along the river down there where the the cruise uh, terminal is, and then also the the Olympic Village will be down on Hamilton foreshore, down on that area as well in the future. So if we jump into number five and we've gone out west, we're going out to Chapel Hill.
0: Yes, Chapel Hill is in the western suburbs um, just near Kenmore. So Chapel Hill has experienced 112.9% change in median values over the last 10 years, according to CoreLogic data. Current median value for Chapel Hill sitting at $1,260,000. Current median rent at $790 per week, and that puts the median yield at 3.72%.
1: And vacancy rates at Chapel Hill, 1.5%, really high in owner-occupiers, 84.96% as owner-occupiers in Chapel Hill. And then um, repayment wise, that's pretty low, um, 19.11%.
0: Yeah, so that's a reflection of an area where people have much higher incomes in comparison to the cost of properties in that location so very affordable for the local demographic in Chapel Hill Uh, places like this are less likely to be impacted in environments where interest rates continue to increase so again there's another tip for selecting an investment grade location Uh, look for areas where there's not going to be a fire sale simply because people can no longer afford to hold their assets and in areas where there's high incomes it's very unlikely to be the case. Uh, population change on an annualised basis for Chapel Hill sitting at 1.13%. So, again, not many people uh, moving into the area, which is a function of a lack of new supply. Um, And, of course, if we're looking for growth, we do want supply to be consistent um, so that we've got the demand drivers that put that upward pressure on price. Of course, in an area where you've got supply that continues to increase, you need the demand side of the equation to increase even more to see that capital growth or that that price appreciation. So looking for those landlocked locations where there is no uh, intent or, or opportunity to continue to create more supply, um, that's a big tip for you if you are a property investor.
1: And you won't find many units or townhouses in, uh, in Chapel Hill either a lot of houses in that area and pretty much the same when we go to number four. So we've gone to our our neighbour where we are, um, our office based in Wilston and our neighbour Grange is coming in at number four. Um, Again, uh, very high owner occupiers, not a lot of units and townhouses in the area Um, and we've seen a change there over 10 years of 114.50%.
0: Yes, current median value in Grange, $1,480,000. Current median weekly rent at $750 per week and current median yield at 3.06%. So Grange is on the southern bank of the Kedron Brook, which runs all the way through the northern suburbs of Brisbane, very popular with families. And that's not surprising with 76.1% of the demographic being those owner occupiers. So Um, Very good local school catchments in the area as well, which does drive a lot of families into the region.
1: And the vacancy rate sitting at 0.6% for Grange. And then if you look at that household income, 22.16% required.
0: Yeah. So very affordable location for the locals that live in the area and only 1.48% annualized population change. So again, unless one property is being knocked down and rebuilt. Um, There is no potential to increase the supply in this location. It's completely built out. So it is definitely landlocked or land banked as a location.
1: So still on the north side, number three, a little bit slightly further out from the Grange, um, not very far at all, is Kedron. Kedron has seen a change in 10-year growth of 117% with a median price of $1,160,000.
0: And Kedron is a location that does have some low to medium density residential zoning. So you will get a sprinkling of townhouses and units, especially along along the main thoroughfare, which um, is Gympie Road in this instance. Um, so the information that we're sharing is purely for house values, not for unit and townhouse values. Um, current rent um, at a median level for Kedron sitting at $650 per week for houses and the yield sitting at 3.43%. Uh, tight vacancy, 0.6%. Uh, so there's strong upward pressure on rents because of that. Um, and we're certainly seeing that in some of the properties that we're able to secure for our clients.
1: So and owner occupiers, 57.1%. Um, and then percentage of uh, household income, 23.66%, with an annual population change of 1.03%.
0: We're getting down to the pointy end, Scott. So only two suburbs left and um, let's roll through those now.
1: So the silver medal goes to Hendra. Uh, <laughs> Hendra's, again, just not far from Ascot. Um, so if you look at uh, Hamilton on the water, Ascot um, and then Hendra, just out from that on the other side of, um, well, for those gamblers, race course, the um, Eagle Farm and Doombin, um, out near the airport as well, uh, good access to the motorway. And Hendra's seen a 10-year change of 121.3%.
0: Yeah, really strong growth out in Hendra with a current median value sitting at $1,660,000, current median rent at $950 per week and a current yield sitting at 3.26%. We've seen huge gentrification across Hendra um, in the last 10 years as well. And a lot of those older homes are being renovated. There are a lot of character homes in Hendra are being renovated extensively and um, and the size of the homes is increasing. So population change only 0.84% on, a, on an annualized basis. So not many people moving into Hendra uh simply because it is landlocked once again, something that all of these suburbs have in common. So there's no uh, potential for higher density supply in this location. It's purely low density housing with a sprinkling of units and townhouses.
1: Yeah. And the vacancy rates in uh, Hendra is 0.9%. Owner occupiers 76.4% and that household income 25.1%.
0: So out of the top 10 suburbs, Hendra is uh, the suburb with the highest Um, proportion of household income required to repay a mortgage sitting at 25%, but still well below that threshold of affordability, which uh, sits at 30%. So again, um, it is a reflection of buying in areas where people have high incomes um, to to de-risk your property investment portfolio.
1: So number one, at the top of the list is Gordon Park. Um, Mm. So Gordon Park, again, on the north side, um, as you've gone, uh, as I talked about, Wilston Grange, Cross the Kedron Brook, and you go into Gordon Park. Uh, again, not very many units and townhouses in this area, very um, dominated by houses. And the annual growth there, we, uh, sorry, the 10-year um, change we've seen there is 121.7%.
0: Yeah, good, strong growth in Gordon Park. In fact, it's just on the north side of the Kedron Brook from the Grange, which was in number four place. So a very popular pocket. And I'll also note Kedron just sits to the north of Gordon Park. So between Grange, Kedron and Gordon Park, three adjoining suburbs that meet our top 10 list. So there's definitely something in that for people that are looking to invest in the northern suburbs of Brisbane, but you will need a strong budget for these areas. Gordon Park has a current median of $1,360,000, a 10-year, sorry, the, the current rent is sitting at a median value of $630 per week and uh, current yield at 3.14%. So admittedly, these areas are areas for more sophisticated investors that do have stronger budgets, uh, but ultimately, if you are a growth investor, there's um, there's good growth as evidenced by the, the 10-year growth rates in these suburbs.
1: And pretty tightly held in Gordon Park, vacancy rates are 0.6%. Owner occupiers, 60.1%. The uh, um, repayment side of things for the income, 23.8%. Uh, and the annual change, only 1.03%.
0: That's the population change, 1.03%. So Gordon Park, uh, definitely a location that um, is dominated by families, once again, Uh, Down towards the Kedron Brook in the eastern part of the suburb, you will get a sprinkling of units and townhouses. And also in the northern part of the suburb near Stafford, you'll also get a sprinkling of townhouses and units. But other than that, it's full of character homes and low density homes. So, again, not much potential for future supply in this location. And it is a feature of all of the top 10 locations. They are locations that are completely built out. There's no new land subdivisions nearby, there in fact is no land left for redevelopment unless you knock something down to create a vacant block. Um, And I think that's part of the secret recipe of finding high growth locations uh, because they don't make any more land. So if there is no more land in a particular location, um, providing that you've got those demand drivers in place, then you will see that upward pressure on price. Low supply, high demand equals upward price shift. Um, whereas the exact opposite results in price falls so um, i hope we've been able to share some really useful tips in this episode today
1: yeah so location is is probably a big tip and then uh, the owner occupies the vacancy rates um, and that change of um, population change very important things when when choosing where to buy Um, and obviously getting that local knowledge as well um, understanding those areas um, and where to buy so Hopefully that's been information. Again, as Melinda said, um, thanks to Pauline for putting all this information together for us. Does a fantastic job. So big shout out to Pauline um, and putting all that together to, to share it with, with all our listeners. So hopefully that's been good information for everyone. Learned a bit out of that. And um, we'll talk again next week um, on the Brisbane Property Podcast. So I'll let Melinda wrap it up. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now.
0: Yes, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. We do know that when we produce a top 10 list, whether that be the top 10 most in-demand suburbs, the top 10 growth suburbs, or whatever the top 10 list is, they are some of the most um, downloaded episodes that we we run on this show. So we hope you have enjoyed this episode. And um, obviously there's a lot of data that's come behind the episode. So yeah, big shout out to you, Pauline. We, we love what you do and we're really uh, thankful that you're able to assist us in this way. As always, um, if you have enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave us a review. Please also share the episode with friends and family. Um, It is a great opportunity, a great way for people to learn about investing in Brisbane or buying in Brisbane by directing them to the podcast. Of course, if you need help understanding the best investment locations based on your personal needs, please reach out to our team at Streamline Property Buyers. We're not just buyers agents. We're also qualified property investment advisors. And as you would know from listening to this podcast, We do base a lot of information on data, but it's that local knowledge that really sets us apart from others. As always, we hope you have a fabulous week and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thanks so much and bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is generally nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, tell your friends about us.